What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number six of the Gunslinger Podcast. Head over to Instagram and follow me at the Gunslinger Podcast. Also, we are now streaming on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. So head over to both of those platforms, like, follow, and subscribe. We are talking about the AFC North on today's episode in a division that could probably be the most competitive i think in the the afc we talked about the west last show but i think between baltimore cincinnati and pittsburgh these are three teams that are going to beat up on each other and i think any one of those three teams could really take away this division i think cleveland has a very good team but with the absence of deshaun watson for the first 11 games it's it's going to be very tough for them i think to be on the be in the playoff picture at the end of the season so um, like I said, between Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cincy, I mean, that should be a great race for the division and uh, maybe even a second playoff spot as well. So let's start, um, dive right into it. I'm going to start with Cleveland. Uh, like I just mentioned, you know, Deshaun Watson suspended for 11 games, a $5 million suspension or fine as well for his acts in the massage scandal or whatever you really want to call that. Um while he was with Houston, and a suspension that was originally six games um, that was handed down to him by a judge, Roger Goodell, in the NFL, disagreed with it, and me and uh, Craig, actually, we were talking about this a little while ago, about how much of a waste of time this was for everybody. We all know that Roger Goodell has the final say in all these legal matters, so why he's even taking it... um, The steps they did just for him to overturn it is just beyond me. It makes absolutely zero sense. But um, regardless of that, Cleveland is a team by pro football focus that is the second best offensive line going into the season with the number one ranked running back corp. And I mean, you look at Nick Chubb, who's arguably, you know, I would say he's a top two running back in the NFL Kareem Hunt, you know, we're not really sure what's going on with his situation. Dernis Johnson, who stepped up big last year um, when Chubb and, and Hunt were down with injuries. They drafted Jerome Ford in the fifth round this year. John Kelly and Demetric Felton as well, two guys that have um, been pretty established in the league here for a couple of years. So receiving court, um, not so hot. You'll get Amari Cooper came over from Dallas and he's like their one bright spot. I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones is a great athlete and people have been high on him, you know, for the last couple of years and he just hasn't really got it going. He shows flashes, but, um, not much going there. Anthony Schwartz was their third round pick last year. So maybe he'll take a big jump in the slot for them. But David Bell was their third round pick this year. Um, Stefanski said he would have done whatever it took to get that guy. So maybe expect him to be involved more in that offense. Maybe not. I'm not really sure. But um, the receiver corp is ranked 24th, according to Pro Football Focus. And then you look at the quarterback situation right now. Jacoby Brissett's leading the charge. Joshua Dobbs and Josh Rosen battling it out for that um, backup position. They have been linked to the Brown or uh, to Jimmy Garoppolo, but. I don't see that really working because I'm a big believer in Jimmy Garoppolo. And what if he comes over and they start the year like eight and three and then Deshaun Watson's coming back? Are you going to bench him or are you going to keep, are you going to keep Garoppolo in, you know, and it just becomes a big situation because they just gave Watson all this money. They traded away all these picks and 
whatever else to get him. So I don't think it's it's going to um, be a destination for Garoppolo. I think he's going to stay in San Fran for a little bit and maybe get traded throughout this midway throughout the season to a team um, when a quarterback goes down. But I could be wrong. We will see there. Jacoby Brissett has started multiple games in this league. He started 15 games um, in a season once. He also started like 14 or something else one year um, when Andrew, the year that Andrew Luck you know, just randomly retired in the preseason. So Brissett has experience. He's not been terrible, but I wouldn't say he's been great by any means. Um, jumping over to their defense, I mean, Miles Garrett's still there. I mean, a guy that you could talk about being defensive player of the year for sure this year. Jadavian Clowney's on the other side. They got Chase Winovich from the Patriots, so we'll see how um, much of a factor he's there. Their secondary is very loaded. Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, John Johnson, Greedy Williams, Greg Newsom the second. You know, it's plenty of guys in their back end. Their middle linebackers, outside linebackers are not great, I will say that. Um, so if they can get a lot of pressure out on the quarterback and that secondary can make some plays, they they should be in decent decent shape. You know, I think this is they're still a very good team. It's just that Deshaun Watson absence just really hurts them. But um, heading over to their schedule, I have actually a pretty decent start for them going into their bye. Um, I'm sorry, not a decent start going into their bye. That was my bad. Um, we'll So at Carolina week one, I have them losing, I think, a Baker Mayfield revenge game. I think Carolina is going to be all over that. Then they come home for two straight. They get the Jets and the Steelers. I have them beating the Jets and then losing to Pittsburgh on a Thursday night. That could kind of go either way, I think. Just like I said, I think Cleveland's got a good team, but Pittsburgh coming in is going to be hungry, I think, early on in the season. And I think Trubisky and the boys will handle that one. So one and two to start. They then travel to Atlanta, where I have them actually losing that game as well. They should probably win that, but a loss there. And then home for another two games, Chargers, Patriots. I have them losing both of those. And then they are at Baltimore the following week. So another loss, their fifth straight. They're looking at one and five. Um, one and six, I'm sorry, through seven. Not a great start. And then they get their... Um, a home game before their bye. It's a home game against the Bengals week eight, Monday night football. I, I'm taking Cleveland in that one in a close game. I think they'll be able to pull it out at home on Monday night football. So um, two and six going into the bye, not great. Week 10, they come out at Miami. Um, I mean, that's that should be a tough one. And then the following week, they're at Buffalo. I have them actually beating Miami. And then at Buffalo, I have them losing. Week 12, they are then home against Tampa. And at the time, I thought Deshaun Watson w would be back when I made these rankings and these pre um, predictions. But I still think they can pull that game out against Cleveland, uh, against uh, Tampa Bay. I'm not that high on Tampa this year. I think with the absence of Brady and the injuries and Gronk's gone, not really sure where you're getting out of Fat Lenny. So, you know, it's just a lot of question marks. So I'll, I'll give them beating Tampa and then. The return game for Deshaun Watson at Houston. It's a very surprised the NFL did that, but um, it's all about the money. So at Houston week 13, I have them winning that one. And then they're at Cincinnati. I have them losing that. So they split with the Bengals this year. And then um, a little nice stretch to end the year. Um, home against Baltimore. I have them winning. Home against New Orleans. I have them winning at 
Washington, I have them winning. And then um, eight and eight going into their last game at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to be fighting, I think, for playoffs in um, a wild card or either their division at this point. So I think at Pittsburgh, they'll lose week 18. So eight and nine is what I have them going. Their Vegas insider win totals eight and a half. So I have them finishing just under. I think, you know, it kind of really just depends how well they do without Deshaun Watson. Um, I have them going before he comes back, one, two, three, four wins in those 11 games. So, you know, four and seven. So, I mean, if they can do a little bit better than that and Watson comes back and plays like we all know he can, I think they could do better. But um, we'll see on that one. So their sleeper, I mean, when you say this guy's a sleeper, I just think he's being slept on. I think he's much better than where he's being ranked right now. It's Nick Chubb, like I mentioned. I think he's the second best running back in football. He has the second most yards rushing since he came into the league in 2018. He's only behind Derrick Henry. and I mean, Derrick Henry is like 800 yards ahead of him or something crazy, but second in the league in um, yards. So he's playing with the second best O-line. We're not really sure what is going on with Kareem Hunt. I think... Nick Chubb needs, I mean, obviously he's going to be owned everywhere, but I, I would take him in the first round. I think um, him going 16th overall in the second round is way too deep for him. I know he doesn't catch a lot of passes, but I mean, if you're looking at a standard um, a standard league, I would, I mean, all over Nick Chubb in the first round, it's questionable with the PPR because like I said, you know, Kareem Hunt gets a lot of that work and you're not really sure the quarterback position, what's going on. But I think with Deshaun Watson out, Stefanski's going to lean on these running backs and this offensive line early in the season to try to win some of these games without Watson. So I'd be all over Chubb. 16th overall is a steal. Uh, if you get him in the second round with another you know, good, solid running back in the first round, you'll be in great shape, I think, going into your fantasy season. So um, like I said, 8-9 and nine for Cleveland, just under their win total. I'm going to jump over to the Steelers now and – Steelers are a team that I am very high on this year. I think their seven and a half projected win total by Vegas is very low. This is a team last year that made the playoffs with Big Ben, who was I'm not to say terrible, but he wasn't much of anything at all. And then they had Najee Harris, who was a rookie. Pat Fryermouth was a rookie. Um, their defense had some holes in it. It was probably one of their worst defensive seasons ever, and they you know, still got in the playoffs. So I think with an improved defense, you know, Larry Okunjobi came over from Cincy. Miles Jack came over from Jacksonville. Um, Levi Wallace came over from the Bills. I think they have a ton of talent on both sides of the football. Their offensive line is obviously their weakest spot, I would say. But I think they did a lot, and they you know they got Gunnar Olszewski, that's how you say his name from the Patriots. Um, I was huge on him when he was in New England. I really liked him. He turned out to be an all-pro return man. So um, definitely some someone the Steelers uh, really u- could use in that kicking game to help him out. So he probably won't see much time on the field offensively. You know, he's playing, you know, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, their third-round pick. Calvin Austin the third, their fourth round pick this year. Miles Boykin, um, he came over from Baltimore. Christian Blake, um, he came over from the Falcons. So they have a lot of receivers. Like I mentioned, you know Najee Harris, uh, Pat 
Fryer Mouth. He was a rookie last year out of Penn State. So a ton of weapons. The biggest, you know, question as well is, you know, who's starting at quarterback? Trubisky, Pickett, and Rudolph have all looked pretty good in preseason and in camp. I think Trubisky will get the job. You know, we kind of me and Craig touched on this the last episode. It just depends on how big his leash is. Um if, you know, they start out like, you know, one and two or whatever, are they going to start calling for Pickett that early? Or is Tomlin going to stick it out and go with the veteran guy? You know, we're not really sure. Um, but for them to take Pickett in the first round, you got to think that they're going to be looking to him early if things don't work out with Trubisky. Uh, Mason Rudolph is a guy I think that could be decent, but I think he's kind of just playing more for like an, a backup role on another team right now. I have a hard time believing the Steelers are going to keep three of these guys. Um, just because, you know, Trubisky's proven – and then they have, you know, Pickett, who they want to play eventually, maybe not this year, but down the road. So having Mason Rudolph is just kind of like a random guy in there, I think, right now. So I think they could maybe try to trade him and get, you know, a draft pick or something for him. So looking at the Steelers offense, like I mentioned, their receiver corp, those, I mean, top three guys, George Pickens has been absolutely amazing in camp and preseason. Pro Football Focus says them as the 11th best receiving corp going into the year. I think that'll be much higher at the end of the season because I think Pickens is great. If Claypool can stay healthy, we all know how good Deontay Johnson is. So this is a very talented team on paper, like I said. Their running back corp is 18th, and that's just because it's Najee and no one else. So Najee, for fantasy, jump all over him. He he could catch 100 passes this year, especially with all the checkdowns that we might be seeing out of Pickett if he's the starter. So I think there was that game last year where Najee had like 14 catches or whatever the hell it was on like 18 or 20 targets. So um, he was great last year. You think he had the second most catches in the league for a running back or might have even been the first. So I'll have to check on that. But Najee is going to be great for fantasy. Um, looking at their schedule, like I mentioned, seven and a half wins. I think that's very low for a team, like I said, that made the playoffs last year. I think they've only gotten better on both sides of the ball and in special teams. So um, looking at their schedule, week one at Cincy, I have them actually winning that game. I'm, I think the Bengals will be they'll be good this year. I don't think they'll be um, blowing people away. You know, everyone's like, oh, well, they're kind of running it back, but they got a much better offensive line. But, I mean, as we know in sports, it's – it's very hard to repeat um and there hasn't been a repeat super bowl champion in 20 years so not saying that the Bengals can't get back there but i think that they still have a long way to go i mean burrow's only going into his third year um i don't think he's at the level that mahomes was at um that early on in his career but um I think Burrow has a lot better weapons, so we'll see how that plays out. I know there's been some off-season um, injuries with him, these surgeries and whatever else he's had to get done. So we'll see what happens there. But, again, the the Bengals' defense isn't that great. I'll jump into that when I hop on them. But I have this, so like I said, Steelers winning that one. Week two, their first home game. Um, I have them actually losing that one to the Patriots. And then they get at Cleveland – I have them winning that one on Thursday night and then home against the Jets. So three and one to start. You know, like I said, I think Trubisky's still in at this point. And then they get a very tough stretch here. They're at Buffalo, have them losing. They come home to play Tampa, I have them losing. They're at Miami on a Sunday night. I have them losing that one. So three straight losses. They're looking at three and four. And then a huge game, I think, week eight going into their bye. Um their week nine by I think it's a must win I think Trubisky this could be like his last chance to really show um, the team that he wants to be the guy so I have them 
pulling out a very tough game in Philadelphia. So four and four going into the bye. Trubisky's still the guy. Um, they come out with a home game back to back against the Saints and the Bengals. I have them winning both of those games actually. So two and zero against the Bengals this um, this season. I think, I, I like I said, I think the Bengals are good, but they're not as good as I think people are giving them credit. So six and four, three straight wins, and then they are at the Colts on a Monday night. That's going to be very tough, and then um, a loss there, and then a loss at Atlanta as well. So six and six at this point. You know, you're you're fighting and clawing for a playoff spot. You haven't played Baltimore yet yet once. You still have to play Cleveland again. Not a pretty end of the season schedule. So home against Baltimore, I'll have them pulling that one out. At Carolina, must win. Have them winning that one. They come home for a Saturday night game, Christmas Eve against the Raiders. I'll have them winning that game. And then they travel to Baltimore on New Year's Day. I have them losing that. So they're at nine and seven. A home game against Cleveland to end the year must win. I have them winning it and going ten and seven. So seven and a half win total projection. I think they get much over over that. I, I think this is a minimum eight and nine team. I mean, I don't see them. I don't see them going any less than nine and eight. I mean, above five hundred, Mike Tomlin, I think, is almost like a shoe in. So I'd be all over that over. Um, regardless of who's at quarterback, I, I mean, you look at what Mac Jones did last year with the Patriots. He he won 10 games. They arguably could have won more. Pickett's going to have way more to work with if he gets in there. The offensive line might not be as good, but what we've seen out of Pickett in the preseason and in camp, I'd have no doubt that the Steelers could um, make a run at the playoffs if Pickett was in there as well. So um, for the sleeper for this team, I think it's I kind of touch on him a little bit, Pat Fryermouth. I think this is a guy that he came on middle of the season last year once Ebron got hurt. So this is an interesting stat. So he w- was the tight end seven last year from when Ebron got hurt. And I think it was around like week seven or eight. So from that point on, he was the tight end seven in fantasy. And he was averaging like a little over 11 points per game. If you take that 11 points per game and you average that out over the course of the whole season, he would have finished as the tight end five for the season. I think he ended up finishing as like tight end 13. So just outside of tight end one. But I mean, this guy has top five potential. He's going into a second year. He's a huge red zone threat. I think with Trubisky and um, Pickett's ability to move outside the pocket, to move around a little bit, um, it's going to create more plays downfield. Like I mentioned, you have, you know, Pickens and Claypool on the outside, most likely with Deontay Johnson running around the inside. I think there'll be a lot of one-on-ones and Fryermouth's a big guy. I mean, People were calling him Baby Gronk when he was at Penn State. He's he's a great red zone threat, big guy. He can run, he can block, he can do it all. So I think he's in line for a huge season with the Steelers. Um, so yeah, so Steelers recap: Steelers um, ten and seven. Now head into the Ravens. I think the Ravens last year were just decimated by injuries. I mean, they're secondary, they're running backs. I mean, I mean, they couldn't do anything right the last year. They couldn't get out of their own way. I mean, Lamar Jackson missed the final. I don't even know what it was, five or six games of the season. And they almost made the playoffs. You know, they were right there. Um, Tyler Huntley did a great job, I think, at the end of the season. So this is a team that is always competitive. Nine and a half win total going into the season. 
it's right around where I have them finishing. I think, you know, they're a terrific team. They don't have many weapons, though, on the offensive side of the football, which kind of scares me because Lamar Jackson is he's going into that contract year where he's trying to prove to them that, you know, he can be the franchise guy. He wants to make the money, et cetera. So I'm not sure about the weapons are given him. You look at Rashad Bateman, who was their first-round pick last year. And then other than that, you have Devin DuVernay, James Proch, the second, Tylon Wallace, um, Benjamin Victor, Jalen Moore. And then you got four rookies here at the end. Never heard of any of them. Never heard of really any of these receivers besides Bateman and DuVernay. And then you obviously have Mark Andrews at tight end. And then you're not really sure where you're getting in the running back room. I mean, J.K. Dobbins was great two years ago as a rookie. Gus Edwards is always great when he's given opportunity. Mike Davis came over from Atlanta. You know, he's a veteran back that could really help them. They drafted a guy in the sixth round. Justice Hill is still around. Just they have a lot of a lot of pieces there. Um, you know, a solid O line. And, you know, looking at pro football focus rankings for their running backs, it has their running backs ranked tenth and their receivers ranked twenty ninth. So, I mean, this is just, you know, not not a pretty offense I know they're trying to run the ball that's what they want to do with Lamar but you got to have people to catch the ball and he's got to have people that he can trust and throw to other than Mark Andrews for them to be successful I mean when you look at the defensive side of the ball I mean they're absolutely amazing Calais Campbell still playing at a high level um Odefi Owit their first round pick last year has been great Patrick Queen their first round pick from two years ago he's been great Tyus Bowser has been great Marcus Peters if he can be healthy Chuck Clark Marcus Williams Marlon Humphrey and Kyle Fuller in the back end it's absolutely amazing then you get Tony Jefferson who's another safety Kyle Hamilton who they drafted in the first round this year at safety they have a ton of depth on their defense Justin Houston's not even starting I mean their defense is great in you know, I'll just I'll hit that on for the fantasy right now. That that's the defense that I want. I mean, last year they were they finished as like I don't even know, it was like twenty seventh or it, they were just terrible last year. But I mean, it was the injuries. If you look look at the last four years prior to that, this was a defense that finished in the top five in all those seasons. They are going off the board right now as like the twelfth or the thirteenth defense, which I think is absolutely ridiculous i mean devon duvernay in the kicking game is always the potential to take me to the house and that defense is going to be they're going to be great and it's a division that doesn't really scare you that much as far as teams scoring a lot of points so i think you got to be all over the ravens defense definitely top five potential if they're healthy maybe even top two so um be all over the ravens there Heading into their schedule, like I mentioned, nine and a half is the Vegas Insider win total. They start out their first four games against the AFC East. So at the Jets, home versus Miami, I have them winning both of those games. Then they have to go to New England week three, have them losing that. And then home versus Buffalo week four, I have them losing that. So all against the AFC East to start the season, I have them going two and two. And then they jump in here get some divisional games they get Cincinnati at home on a Sunday night I'll have them winning that one they then travel to the Giants the following week I have them winning that one and then they are home against Cleveland week seven where I have them winning that as well so a solid start to the year five and two they are at Tampa for a Thursday night the following week I think that'll be a tough game on a short week for Lamar to get ready for the Bucs so a loss there and then 
another tough game. They're at New Orleans on Monday night. Um, that should be a crazy atmosphere, but I'll take the Ravens in that one um, to get a win right before their bye. So um, six and three going into the bye. You know, they're right where they want to be. They come out of the bye. Couldn't ask for, you know, two better games here. I think they're home against Carolina where I think they'll beat up on them. And then at Jacksonville the following week. Um, well, I actually have them losing, surprisingly. But, you know, like I mentioned, it, I think the Ravens are going to run into a lot of times throughout the season where if the running game's not there and Mark Andrews is, you know, taken out of a game or whatever it is, who who's going to be the guy to step up and make a play um, for this offense in, in the receiving game? So a loss at Jacksonville, surprise, and then they come home for Denver. I have them winning that game. And a little bit of a tough stretch to end the season. They're at Pittsburgh and at Cleveland back-to-back. I have them losing both of those games. And then they come home for Atlanta in Pittsburgh, where I have them winning both of those. And then, so this is putting them at 10-6, and six, and then heading into that last game at Cincinnati. It's going to be a massive game, I think, for the division. I have them losing that game. So 10-7 um, and seven is where I have them. They are, so same record as the Steelers so far um over their win total I think nine nine and a half is low for this team I think they could definitely get to 10 pretty easily I think they could you know get as high as 12 you know I think if they can beat Jacksonville and you know if they can win you know that game against um the Patriots but I think this is a 10 and 7 team right now you know if they can get more weapons offensively you know that'd be great if they lose someone one of those receivers they could really be in trouble so um i'll head over to the last team the bengals who were the surprise team of last year Um, if someone told me at this point in the season last year that the Bengals were going to be in the super bowl i would have i I wouldn't have believed you i mean the Bengals were great offensively they got hot defensively at the end of the season joe burrow was on his back the entire season he was on the ground he was getting hit all postseason it was just ugly. So the Bengals went out in the offseason and they got him an offensive line. Ted Karras from the Patriots, Alex Kappa from Tampa, Leo Collins from Dallas, Hayden Hurst came over as a tight end. He's more of a blocker than I'd say than a receiver. So they did a lot um, to get this offensive line better. They drafted a guard in the second round. They have another guard in the second round from last year who's also, you know, maybe competing for a spot. So they did a lot there. You look at the rest of their roster, though, it's pretty similar to last year. I mean, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Defensively, you've got Sam Hubbard, um, Trey Hendrickson, Logan Wilson, Eli Apple, Jesse Bates, Mike Hilton, Awuzie. I mean, very good. I just don't know if they did enough. I know they, they got a different offensive line, but I think they just got hot at the right point last year. And I don't think anybody knew what to expect from Burrow because he only played like 10 or 11 games his rookie season before he got hurt. And then he just came out last year and he was just slinging the ball around everybody. Nobody knew what to expect from Jamar Chase because he had been removed um, from football for a little bit. And I just think you know, they they just caught everybody off guard. And I think, you know, everyone's got a year's worth of film on them. Um, they're going to figure out ways to stop and slow down that offense, I think. And I think their defense just didn't do enough to get better. I mean, they drafted Dax Hill. 
They drafted another guy, a corner in the second round, a lineman in the a D lineman in the third round. So they drafted a lot of people, but I don't know if they're going to make immediate impact for this team. And Eli Apple was absolutely torched all of last season. So I don't understand why they haven't moved on from him. Mike Hilton's great in that slot, but a woozy outside, I'm not really I'm not sure if this is if that's what you need. Again, it's not a, a division that a lot of teams should be scoring a lot of points, so you know, they might be fine in that aspect, but we'll see. Um their receiver corp, like I mentioned, is ranked first by Pro Football Focus. And then their running back group is ranked 14th. You know, Samaji P. Ryan's a great backup, you know, to pair with Joe Mixon. So love that pairing. And then their O-line, you know, like I said, improved. I mean, they're all the way up to the 8th projected by Pro Football Focus. So um, a lot of improvement up front. We'll see if it um, helps them out in the running game. Wish I had an over to my sleeper. Like I said, another team, no huge sleepers. But I'll point out Joe Mixon finished last year. PPR is the running back four in fantasy. His O-line was awful, so his O-line's got worldly better. I think they're going to rely on him a lot more, like I said, because I think people are going to slow down this deep passing game, and I think he's going to get a lot of checkdowns and underneath stuff. So he's being drafted right now as the running back seven, which doesn't make much sense to me. You look, I mean, he's a work workhorse, like I said, better offensive line, and he's going to get more opportunities, still young. I would be all over Joe Mixon. I don't see any reason why he can't finish as high as he did last year, if not higher, for this Bengals team. So um, running back seven seems a little – that's like end of the first round. I would take a more middle, um, maybe even higher. I mean, you look at a lot of the other running backs that are going higher than him, aging, injuries, et cetera. So don't be afraid of Joe Mixon. Get all over that guy. Heading into their schedule, a – you know – a, a very good start for them. I think they get off, you know, great on their right foot, and then they kind of slow down after the bye, which is not what they want. But, I mean, you look at their schedule after the bye, it's probably one of the, the toughest in football. But we'll jump into the beginning. So week one, Pittsburgh at home. I have them losing that. And then traveling to Dallas week two, that should be a very good game. A lot of offense there expected. I have them winning that one. And then at the Jets the following week, a win there. They're then home for the Dolphins on a Thursday night on a short week, a win there. So 3-1, and one, looking good. They then have to travel to Baltimore on Sunday night football where I have them losing that game. And then they have another tough road game at the Saints, but I, I'll have them um, squeaking that one out. So 4-2 and two to start, looking good. They get Atlanta at home the following week, another win at Cleveland on Monday night. Like I mentioned, these were when I thought Deshaun Watson would be back at this point. I still think the, um, that will be a tough game in Cleveland on Monday night football, divisional game. So I'll take Cleveland there. And then week nine, they're at home against Carolina right before their bye. So six and three going into their bye, looking good, just exactly where they want to be. But this schedule coming out of their bye is tough. Week one, Sunday night football at Pittsburgh, had them losing that at Tennessee. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like playing in Tennessee is so hard for so many different teams. And I'll, I mean, that's a late a game late in November. Derek, if Derrick Henry's still running, I mean, he's going to be hard to take down at this point in the season. He gets better as the year goes on. It gets colder. That home crowd in Nashville is going to be great. So Titans winning that. So back to back losses out of the bye, and then they have to play this stretch here, Kansas City at home, 
Cleveland at home, at Tampa, at New England, home against the Bills and home against the Ravens. I mean, a very tough stretch here. So I'll give them a win against Kansas City. I t- kind of mentioned Kansas City. I, I'm, I think they'll be fine. I'm not as high on them. I think the offense will take a little bit of a step back this year. So I'll have them beating Kansas City and beating Cleveland. And then a huge game at Tampa Bay week 15. I'll have them winning that as well. So three straight um, gives them nine and five going into these last three, which is, I mean, I think they got to win two of these and I'm not sure if they're going to. So at New England on Christmas Eve, I've got them losing that game. I mean, it could be snow. You never know what you're going to see up in New England at that point. And then home on Monday night football, week 17 against the Bills. That's going to be a tremendous game I'll have them losing that as well and then finishing out the year home against the Ravens I'll have them winning so I have them going 10 and 7 as well them Baltimore and Pittsburgh all 10 and 7 but the Bengals I have them going 2 and 4 in the division the Ravens going 3 and 3 in the division and the Steelers going 5 and 1 in the division that's right I'm taking the Steelers they have the lowest odds to win their division at plus 1,000, which I think is ridiculous for how close and competitive this division can be. I don't understand how Cleveland's odds are as good as they are. I don't know if they haven't been updated since Watson went down or Watson's suspension happened, but DraftKings Sportsbook at plus 1,000, you got to be all over that, I think. That's just tremendous value. Um, 10 to win 110, so... You, you won't see any complaining there. So I'm all over that. Um, that's all I got for you guys for today. I just kind of wanted to mention Craig will be back for the next episode. We're breaking down the AFC East, which, I mean, everyone knows me and Craig are both big Pat fans. So I'll be interesting to see how, how well he has them doing compared to where I have them finishing. So uh, like I said, that's all for today. Thanks for listening. As always, guys, the music credit goes out to ACDC. And I'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, guys.